I'm Amanda. And I'm Beth. And this is Life's Life's A Lot. Lot. This podcast grew out of friendship and a mutual desire for transparent community. We learned over the past couple years the importance of talking about our Life's A Lot moments. We just know that opening up about these moments will help break down barriers and build community that's key to a healthier human existence. We want this to be a safe space where people can share their struggles and their triumphs and help us all feel a little less alone. We hope you enjoy. Love you. Bye. Today we are talking to Jesse from Austin, Texas. Um, Jesse, tell me about your childhood. Life's a Even lot. though we've been friends for a while, I really don't know a lot about your childhood. This is fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I was born in uh, the Bay Area in California. And um, when I was six, we moved to Idaho because that's where a lot of my dad's family is. Um, my dad has like a Brady Bunch family. So like his mom and his stepdad came together and they like each had like three and four kids. So like I have a lot of aunts and uncles and then like even more cousins. So like I grew up with just like a huge family. I have 30 cousins on one side of my family. Um, and, um, yeah, so like my family is like super evangelical christian theology um and that is just looking back is just like wow that is the source of like a lot of weirdness in my life i mean amanda we've talked about it like because you grew up in the nazarene church like you know it it is sort of akin to being in a cult where it's just like growing up you're very very afraid of like doing the wrong thing and sinning and like suddenly the rapture happens and then like you're alone in your house and your parents are gone and it's just like it's a mind fuck you know um so obviously like from a very early age I was like okay so like there's a lot of things in my head that I know are gonna get me in trouble with my parents Mm -hmm. like being gay and like not I guess like get like called out as a fraud you know going to church it was just like Jesus 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 I'm raising my hands while we're worshiping because I feel this but it's like I didn't I didn't feel it I was like I don't have like this big revelation that like the other kids in church were talking about and I was like I just like I don't really know if it works that way for me um so yeah it was just like I I do believe in God I just like I don't feel that like very deep all-encompassing spiritual connection that other people have talked about and also like I was like I'm pretty sure I have been gay my whole life like some of my very early memories in school are of like joining up with the boys at recess to chase after the girls because it's like that's what boys do when they have crushes on girls yeah and it's like yeah of course I did that because like I had a crush on my neighbor Crystal and it's like that is always like been something that like I had to hide growing up you know um so now it's like I 
I don't really have a good relationship with my parents because like since I came out they were like well you're going to hell and you don't have our blessing and um you know that's your fault and not ours and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) bye okay Um, thanks and like they basically really only like invite me for the holidays when I'm single um so I'm just like whatever it's really like it's not worth the effort to try and like repair that relationship because it's like, it's not on me. Like they're the ones rejecting me. So um, yeah, I think that sums up my childhood and adolescence. I have a really similar childhood to you when it comes to like relationships with family. I think we've like talked about it a little bit before, but it's interesting to hear like kind of it all like put together. Um, I don't have a good relationship with my parents because of my lifestyle choices, which aren't, like, bad. It's just I'm not, like, a Christian. Like, I believe there's a God. It's right. I just don't go to church. And I... Right. Because growing up in church made me super fucking uncomfortable. So why would I subject I know. Why myself would to I that continue now to do that it? I have a choice? Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I get that my dad like called me the other day and he was like, I want to have a conversation with you about your lifestyle choices with Billy. And I know hundred percent he means that I'm sleeping with Billy and like, it's mm-hmm. not his business. And I just want to say none of this is your business. But then I have this fear of the Lord in me that like my parents instilled that where I'm like, I don't want to like disappoint you guys. And so mm-hmm. I get it. Fuck religion, yeah. but also not fuck God. Cause I like him. It's such an interesting, you know, struggle for me. And I'm sure, well, I don't know, but I guess we'll find out um, if it's the same for y'all. Like, because you are, we were instilled, you know, we were trained, we were molded with this, with this thought pattern from, mm-hmm. from the jump. Like, you know, I grew up in Nazarene church since I was born. Yeah. And so there's just this certain understanding that these are the things we believe and you don't question it. And, and for me, it felt like I didn't have room to question things. I, I didn't even have room to even find the words for the questions, let alone say them out loud to someone else. Mm-hmm. And like trying to figure out, like literally taking me 32 years of my life to figure out what being gay means for me, you know, like, and that's something that was completely like life changing. Like if I could have been in that place growing up, to just exist and to not have to live in my head and inside of this bubble that I've had to create that shield because like all the thoughts in my head, like you were saying, just like, I can't share these out loud because of what they're saying these thoughts mean. And so it's like, you just kind of exist in this world where everything inside of your head and your mind and your heart feels like a sin. Yeah. And so and especially if you, I'm like, <laughs> this is so dumb. But like, you know, if your tinkle box <laughs> is tingly. Your privates. And it's it, private it, from everyone else. And especially yourself. Yep. Don't you dare touch your box. <laughs> Don't you do it. Leave that flower alone. Those leaves won't come back. You know, whatever the fucking analogy was oh about like, God. don't, don't. That toothpaste will not go back in the tube. How many times did you see that at youth group? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, and it's just like, but that's not the way that we need to be talking about sex and sexuality because I mean, I should not be afraid to touch my own body. 
you know, and I should not feel traumatized to pleasure myself because that shit is not going to go away once I marry a man. Tried it, did it, didn't work. Yep. We still had sexual trauma in between us, different story, a whole nother, whole nother blah, blah, blah down the road. But like, you know what I mean? Every yep. single relationship in my life, there's been nothing that has made it better. You know, mm-hmm. I've tried. That's not true. Our own effort and our own clarity and our own, you know, growth and, and detaching from that uh, negativity and, and the guilt and the, the fear and, you know, those yeah. things that control. Um, but it, do- it doesn't change the fact that I still, in my mind, am still having to fight to release the guilt around my sex and my sexuality, mm-hmm. which is wild because that's something that there are people in my life that literally don't get that at all. You know, the people that weren't raised in that way. And I always say too, it's like, I don't even, it's not that I even fault my parents or anything because they were raising us the way that they believed was right and good and whatever. And in the church, this is what they think they need to shape you to believe and be and exist. Like this is the good version, you know? And so it's like, I mean, obviously how are, how are they supposed to see when they're in the middle of it too, you know, like thinking, yeah. like you said, like, I, I agree. I feel like it gets very culty when you get in those worlds that deep to where you can't ask any questions or at least feel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it goes away even for people that stays in the church too. So I had a couple of friends in college who got married really early and they were um, very big. As you do when you grow up in the evangelical church, because you're like, well, I really want to have sex and I have to be married to do that. So I'm going to marry the first person who gives me butterflies in my pussy and then yep. we'll see what happens. <laughs> so like talking to them now as like they've been married for a while or talking to them like right after they got married, they really struggled with having sex with their partner after they got married because they still felt that shame of like, okay, this is yes. okay now. Just because I said a couple of words, it's suddenly fine. Like that's it. it yeah. Like it's, it doesn't go away. It's right. Like the shame will always be there. And I do want it to not sound hopeless because it, I do feel like you can definitely work to fight that shame, you yeah. know, like, but that's the thing. Like I've been in therapy on and off for the last 10 years, you know, trying to fucking figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is with therapy that's not the right way I'm meant to say it, but we'll finish our statement. Problem is with therapy is you can't, you can't make the progress unless you are able to be honest with yourself. And Mm. when I first started, you know, I wasn't even able to say to my counselor that I like was attracted to women. Me explaining that I was attracted to women was me being like, but it's not like I want to like have sex with you. And like, you know, trying to like, it was the weirdest thing because yeah. me, I yeah, yeah. felt like it was bad. So I it, I couldn't explain it to her even fully yeah. because I still felt like this thing is sinful. So I've got to explain it so she understands that I'm not just this raging homo that wants to fuck every pussy I see. You know, it's just like yeah. it, having to explain yourself and realizing like you're wanting to change. You're wanting to shake the guilt off. You're wanting to grow out, out of that because it feels like shit. No one yeah. likes to live in that. But it takes a lot of effort because, you know, you got to think that was 
if I went into therapy at like 22, that's 22 years of me living inside of that shame spiral mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely difficult to be honest with your own therapist when you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And not even meaning it, I think either, because it's like, I didn't want to be lying to myself, but yeah. I wasn't outside of my trauma. Right. And that was it, yeah, maybe lying to yourself is, is a harsh way to say that, but just like, you know, unable to uh, accept the truth about yourself. Even unable to see it sometimes, I feel yeah. like, because that trauma is blinding and you're like, but I've got to, I've got to stay on the path. I've got to choose the right path. Yeah. You know? And it's like, but is there a right path? Because shouldn't we be trusting that instinct, that soul, mm. you know? even if you're a Christian, you know, that guidance, you can yeah. call it the Holy Spirit, you know, I might call it intuition. Conscience. Your um, past lives giving you some advice. <laughs> like, hey, we fucked up like this before. Here's a different way. Yeah. There's so remember? many, like, different ways to say the same thing. Like, the yeah. Holy Ghost, conscious, your consciousness, your like past self, like any of those things, it's just the same word for the same thing. I think shit just needs a rebranding most of the time to people. You know, it's like there's words that like shut people down because it's like, even I remember as a kid, like my Nana used to be like, well, Mother Nature, you know, she would refer to Mother Nature. And yeah. in my mind, I remember that was like, oh, is that bad? Because God is supposed to be the only thing we talk yeah. about. Oh my God, we, yes. You know, as evangelicals, um, we don't care about nature because it's just like, we're all just kind of trying to wait it out until the rapture happens. So like, mm-hmm. fuck the earth, right? <laughs> we're not really worried about that's nature. that's really the, the message that we were taught. Day. No, for real. It's like, this earth is temporary so like i know we were told that we were literally told that verbatim about the the earthly problems this world is temporary and it's like okay but like y'all are still having a bunch of fucking kids like (laughs) so what about your children right like yeah stop having children and then we can talk Mm. yeah come at me when you're done what do you think about your guys is we're kind of going down this route and i'm really enjoying it because this is a shit that i love to dive into evolution okay i have a very complicated thing about (laughs) evolution so let's talk about it i believe evolution is true and i have a specific um of course reason you mean science we believe in it yeah we believe in it okay so i believe in creation by um a designer but I don't believe that evolution and God are separate from each other. I believe that he started out the events and then the rest of the events took over and it spiraled and spiraled. And he is not a part of our world as much as people think that he is. Um, he's allowing the things to happen and it is a part of his will, but he's not in direct control over it because he gave us free will. And if we're going to pretend like God has his hand in every single part of what's happening in the species that are made, then we're really fooling ourselves because then that's not free will. That's not what he said that he did. I mean, the, um, I think the, the big bang theory is too simplified of an explanation. Um, but however, creation of anything of matter in our universe happened, I don't think is important. It's like, there's a million theories and like, Honestly, we're never going to know. But yeah, I mean, DNA evidence, like how similar 
humans are to like Neanderthals, Cro-Magnon, like those two are very different species from Homo sapiens and yet like they were still upright walking and had a lot of the same physical features that we do. We absolutely know Homo sapiens as we know it have evolved from something else because of like interspecies mating, right? So, I mean, yes, people trying to say evolution isn't real or it's just like, okay, well, you can go back to, you know, Sunday school with your preschool teacher and like, I'm gonna believe in science. <laughs> and that's the thing, I think, I guess I just didn't really realize that I was like taught to not believe in science. And- Yeah, for sure. Like, like science, science has a lot of adverse evidence to what like evangelicals want you to believe. Like yeah. the whole, the whole, like the earth is only 6,000 years old is like, what? <laughs> like are you kidding that's just stuff that you don't even process you know it's it's the shaping of the mind and that's where I think it's very uh, the culty thing you know that's where I think it it crosses that line when you're just like if we're not being pushed to like expand our minds if we're being taught to not question things if you're teaching us that science isn't real you know and even to the point of like science and like doctors and stuff like I was just able to find the strength to reach out to a psychiatrist last week that is a long time for me not to be able to do that and to not even for you though that I was avoiding it you know until I sat down at the computer and was like reading a website and started like having a panic attack I was like oh, I was trained to believe this was scary, you know? Yeah. And not yeah, even just sure. by the church, if we can, you know, I'm not trying to bully the church, but church sucks. Um, but like, it's not like they don't deserve it. You but know? it's not like they don't deserve it. But it's not even just them. It's like, you know, thinking as I'm sitting there, like writing about like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I like having this moment as I'm trying to write an email? to someone about my mental health and well you know between the church and like Hollywood you know that straight jacket kind of joke that they turned it into you know and it's really I think that kind of morphs into the representation talk that can go you know over everything but like with the mental health specifically like wow like Hollywood yeah I mean I don't know about you but like I very specifically remember growing up in church like any problems that you're having, if you just like, you know, pray and like reach out to like your pastoral leadership, like there's nothing you can't overcome. And it's like, yo, a pastor went to college maybe Maybe. to study Nazarene religion. Okay. At best. Yeah. Some probably studied theology, but like these pastors are not equipped for behavioral therapy. They're just fucking not. And like the fact that they're like, just reach out to your pastor. And like, if you just pray, like you can cure your depression. And it's just like. And how impractical is that for the pastor? Because I believe that these people, not every one of them, but I believe that these people are in this business doing this because they have a heart for something. They want to make the world better. They want to care for people. They want to guide people, help them find this, you know, this truth, this peace that they've found in this religion, which is like, if that, helps you find that peace that like whatever then yeah but for 
those of us that grew up in that and it was traumatic, yep. that is not a peaceful place for me. And it's very triggering. I can barely walk in a building. And it's certainly not a religion based off of acceptance, which is the entire point of going to a therapist. Except going to my therapist and saying, I feel this way and her validating that and being like, yeah, that makes sense. You should not have any guilt or shame feeling that way. Whereas, okay, I grew up Nazarene. So that is the experience that I have, but like the Nazarene religion is not built, maintained or structured off of accepting you the way you are. It's all about, you need to conform to these values or you're sinning. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in the Baptist church (laughs) and I have like a really similar experience. My mom was Nazarene. I found that out recently. Uh, growing up, yeah, growing up, she went to a big Nazarene church in Atlanta um, before she moved to Texas, and she actually got kidnapped out of a Nazarene church, and um, she, like, has a lot of, like, trauma towards, like, not like that, trauma towards, like, being a pastor's wife and stuff like that, and she just, like, both of my parents were really adamant on, like, raising me in the church and never missing a Sunday. And because of that, like if I'm sick or like even now, like on holidays, like Easter and like Christmas Eve and stuff like that, I feel like I'm being sinful if I don't go to church. And it's just like, just because I'm brainwashed into thinking that that's like what makes a holiday complete is Mm -hmm. like, I don't have some of the same experiences you guys have um, growing up in like the Nazarene church because it is a lot stricter than Southern Baptist. But I think that, which is wild. Uh, yeah, which is wild, <laughs> probably the wildest <laughs> thing I ever found out. <laughs> like you guys yeah. can't drink at all. Like Baptists are like, oh yeah, they drink. Oh, that's kind of bad. But like Nazarene's like, oh, he's going straight to hell. Beth, Beth, we weren't even allowed to dance. No dancing. When I, I wasn't allowed up- to dance at my college, but um, it was a Northern Baptist church. And so mm. those are strict. Sidebar, my dad also went to a Nazarene college. That's like how deep the roots go. Yeah. When my dad went to um, Northwest Nazarene University, the one that's in Idaho, like they weren't even allowed to go to movies. Uh-huh. There, there would be like a an RA or like someone from the school like standing outside the movie theater lobby trying to like catch kids, like breaking the rules. That my grandmother is, went to Bob wild. Jones, where a lot of our like religious textbooks are from, um, at Trevecca uh-huh. and from Liberty. And yeah. they like the women had to wear skirts and they had to walk on separate sidewalks and all this kind of stuff. And she said, if you were caught walking within six feet of the opposite gender, then you get kicked out of school. That makes and that know, was like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure those those rules are like reinstated this year. <laughs> ha ha ha. Ooh, too soon? No. I was like, yeah. yeah. So my my roots on the Nazarene train, ready mm-hmm. for it? Yep. My papa, my mom's dad, was a pastor in the Nazarene church okay. as well. So I think he went to Nazarene theology school or some shit. I'm pretty sure him and my grandma went to Olivet, where my parents went. Yep. Um, and then I went, and then I came to you. But when I was growing up, my papa was not able to... He never went to the theater with us because of that. Yeah. He still was kind of in that mindset until I was older, like middle school. He would start to come to the theater. And I think it, he was just like in habit. And we weren't allowed to play card games. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we were eventually when I was, you know, when I was a kid, but like the way he was trained and the way my mom was raised, it was like, those were the, we didn't play card games if, because if of cards gambling. are involved. You're gambling. Exactly. And then you're going to go to hell. <laughs> no dancing. So, you know, like what would we go do eat dinner in a nice dress and then go back to our dorms? Like quietly, quietly. <laughs> No, we had a good time. No, and I do want to say, I feel like I always have to throw, because it's not like we had like completely miserable childhoods, but I think it's just the trauma that comes from being raised in those, in, in those mindsets where as a child, you don't feel like you can question things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember as like a preteen teenager, like before I went to college, just being like, I like girls and I can never tell my parents. Like the only reason I came out to them is because they guessed. And I was like, wow. well, don't go asking questions. You don't want to know the answer to, you know? That's absolutely right. Um, but true. like, honestly, I never, I never intended to even come out to them. I was like, like not, there's never going to be a good reaction. Mm-hmm. So like, what's the point? There's like, there's, it's not going to like, be any gain in my life but now they know and now we're estranged so like there it is they're still in the church very much so yeah and of course they're going to church every week during quarantine without masks i'm just like wow my parents are doing my parents are going to the gym and i'm just like stop yeah my parents my parents are are mask boycotters by the way oh no my parents aren't like that oh you guys you guys okay so i i i get a i get a thrill i get like a a a quickened pulse out of making um like middle-aged obviously conservative white men mad at me and yesterday i was um going into this restaurant to pick up um my order for pho and i was walking past this guy and he didn't have a face mask on and it's like obviously that's the rule like there's signs posted all over the place and I'm walking past him I'm like you got a mask and he's like I'm going back to my table what are you the face mask police and I'm like I can't be bitch (laughs) yes I am here's my badge I just need you to start carrying around a badge the mask sheriff howdy (laughs) the sheriff of masks um I love that I think you know I had fun being in the church all the time I will say that just because like as a pastor's kid like I literally lived in the church so it was my playground yeah so like as a kid it didn't feel like attached to that trauma I think it was once I started becoming an adult and realizing like this stuff I'm needing like I guess you start questioning and you start yeah outside of the home you're outside of the college you're finally able to realize oh I can be my own person and my own have my own thoughts and and figure out what I believe you know um especially coming out of that extreme it really is just like oh and realizing that other people are not struggling with that same shit I think that is the most interesting thing as an adult and realizing that not everyone has this shit that you're you know this mindset that Mm -hmm. you're having to shake off and you're like Oh, again, with the therapy, the affirmation of like, yeah, you don't need to be feeling that shame. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Life without shame. (laughs) What is that? What? Where? I can't can't go anywhere without my shame backpack. What are you talking about? Where's my shame bag? (laughs) Where's my bag of shame? (laughs) I left it somewhere. (laughs) Oh, God. 
<laughs> oh, that was therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. We left it in therapy. She lit yeah. it on fire for us. We helped. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of, a lot of my like early therapy has, was like really just like coming to the acceptance that like my parents are the way they choose to be. And it is not my job to convince them otherwise, you know, it's like, if they want to, you know, be better about calling me that's their decision phones work both ways why am i the one that was like obligated to call them on the holidays you know and it's certainly not my job to convince them that like i'm not a bad person and i'm not going to hell because i'm gay that's their shit it's not my shit yeah my more my my therapy in the past couple of years is uh much more (laughs) divorce related so (laughs) <laughs> we know it's good we divorces you know <laughs> yeah is your divorce official oh bitch yeah yes congrats i could thank you so much <laughs> man mine mine like drag dragged drug drag drug dragged. mine dragged out for like a year so it was just like well okay so like it dragged out because she's a cunt and also because like we owned a house together so yeah you know, yeah. I'm very grateful. We did not own anything together. We yeah. did not have children. Uh, we just had a lot of baggage and a lot of shitty, shitty times. Yeah, for sure. I That's will never buy a house with Billy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, own your own shit. <clears throat> we had a conversation. Honestly, like, now that I'm on the other side of home ownership, I don't know if I, like, really ever want to do that again. Like, Jess and I were talking about that the other day. It was just like, I have an apartment that I like it's a good space but I'm not like tied down to it like now that my company is like working fully remote it's not like I'm tied down to living in Austin it's like I can like break my lease and move down the street to an apartment that has a better gym or a better pool I can like move to another city it's like it's very freeing and also it's like I don't have to mow a yard Hell I don't yeah. have I don't have to fix anything that breaks. I don't own this shit. It's somebody else's and it's not my fucking problem. Right. Yeah. Nice. I want to own a home really bad, but I don't want to own it with anybody just because I'm scared I'll get like trapped in a situation. Um yeah. and that's something I really appreciate about Billy is that we both feel the same way of like not having things that like tie us together for a long time because like even though we love each other and we've been together for a really long time we both don't want that kind of anchor yeah Um, and so like his name will be on the house and like the utilities will be in my name like very like easy things where it's like I have my name on the bills and so like I have the benefits of it but I don't have to have some kind of legal battle if we like split up or something yeah that's smart yeah but i mean if you do it's really not i would say just like contracts you know and y'all are i feel like you and bill are grown enough to like you never know i'm never ever gonna like underestimate anybody because like (laughs) love will fuck you up dude oh yeah yeah I just mean I feel like you're practical enough to like put a contract together beforehand so that oh, if yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. unraveled, it would be set in stone to like 
this is our practical minds already deciding. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what I do for a living too, like home organization. And so like making a contract and like having some like legal things like to keep us both safe is something we're interested in doing, but like not, I mean, obviously that's why we don't want to get married um, because it's a bunch of bullshit in my opinion. Sometimes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think it's, it's just funny. a waste I... of time and money. Beth, you're preaching to the most lesbian choir. The most <laughs> lesbian choir. Yeah, this uh, is a question. I had this long conversation with my brother-in-law last night. And so him and my sister have grown together. You know, they've got four kids. They Four? Four. Isn't that Isn't wild? Really? Four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Every time she says that, I'm like... <laughs> I just want to squeeze their little heads. I love them so much. Um, but so he's talking to me and he's just like really wanting me to explain like that. I ha- He's hoping I haven't given up on marriage, I guess, because for him, his life has gotten better with his marriage, like in his marriage or whatever. Like yeah. they grew closer together. You know, the, the road has gone in the direction as you hope a marriage would. Yeah they've grown together they've grown in their own rights and and they've done it in the same direction whatever so he's like i just i don't i don't want you to give up on that like he wants me to be able to have this beautiful thing that he has and Mm -hmm. it kind of had this moment in my head where i was like oh i get it now i get why married people want you to be married so bad because if they're having a beautiful relationship and they have this beautiful like core thing that you're supposed you know like Mm -hmm the trust is there, the communication is there, whatever this beautiful thing looks like for them, like, they just don't, they can't see, like, they want you to have it, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, that formula doesn't work for everybody, exactly, and that's why I'm like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be that with everybody, you know, and we, in my situation, I feel like there was love there in one, in one point, Mm -hmm. and you grow, and you try and grow, but not every time you're going to be able to grow together. Yeah. Period. And also sometimes there's some extra shit that you figure out and that's a whole nother thing. The biggest but thing as far for as relationships me, go, you're not going to grow in the right direction together. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing for me that made me realize that like, I don't want to get married, um, is that like, it would be a security thing for me. It wasn't like a commitment. It wasn't a like, um, I really love this person. It was a, I don't want to be abandoned for the like 30th time in my life. And so like sign a piece of paper, paper and tell me that you'll stay with me forever. And that was the only benefit of marriage that I wanted. It wasn't that I yes. loved that person. And it wasn't that I cared about that person because I almost got married and it's just about security. And so when I admitted that to myself, I'm able to be more free in a relationship and more vulnerable in a relationship, especially with Bill being like, hey, I'm terrified that you're just going to get up and walk out. And I know you're not, but I just want to communicate that with you rather than just being like, why don't you want to marry me? Like, tell me you want to marry me all the time. And like, let's just live in a white picket fence house. But no. Yeah. I I think for me, like Mm -hmm. the marriage thing, when I talk about it, I'm like, I feel like there was a point where I just didn't want to get married. And then I still did, you know? Mm -hmm. Then I think trying to like talk to him about it too explaining this like to this person who's really happy inside of a marriage why I wasn't you know because for me it was 
a thing where I felt like it was an ownership thing, Mm. you know, because that's in my mind, like you are literally the idea of marriage. Like your father is giving you away in barter for goats, chickens, land, whatever. It's outdated. For me, I feel like it was, I was in a place where I was wanting to be happy. And I feel like when you're trained to want this thing, you're, you're, it's part of that kind of mind mold of like, you're going to find someone that will complete you and you will be in love and you will have a family and you will, you know, procreate and you will believe in God and you will save people, you know, like that was kind of the focus of, you know, that's what I thought was important as a kid. That was the only things I knew. We're going to save people for God and we're going to, you know, have a family and we're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so I think that was kind of like a thing that you in your subconscious, even you're just trying to find happiness. You're trying to find this thing and you want the security, I guess, too. Mm -hmm. And I think when you were like, well, I think I'm in love next step. Yeah. 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 For me, like buying a house and and getting married and all that was very much like, I guess these are the next steps, you know? Yeah. And you know, it, it turns out I married a narcissist and you know, it was it was the entire relationship was built on um lies and just like her putting on um a mask of what she thought she should be but was not actually her you know um and like acknowledging that for myself it's just like i married somebody who never actually loved me because she's incapable of that is like a real mind fuck, you know? Wow. Wow. That is wild. I I really understand that. How has that affected <laughs> your relationship with Jess? Of she's like the next relationship, big relationship you've had since X. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we started dating well, our first date was uh about a year ago like November 5th so we're coming up on that which is cool but like I think the effects of like my previous relationship and my current relationship is like I was very conscious to like not repeat the same destructive patterns it's like we have to move slow because it is obvious to me I have absolutely no intuition and I cannot listen to my gut because I don't have that um so it it was very much just like we are taking this itsy bitsy baby steps and like we didn't even like really make our relationship official until like March you know so Mm -hmm. like first date November and then we're in like March it was like we're girlfriends right this is okay cool right yeah um and so it's like it's very I guess like you know how it's different is like I think we're both very conscious of like nurturing ourselves as individuals and like you know we spend the weekends together but like you know on school nights it's like I need my alone time I cannot spend every second with you because like, I like to do other stuff and like, I'm much more introverted than she is. So it's like, I like 
not talking sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, in my previous relationships, you know, my ex-wife and then like my ex-girlfriend from college, I felt very pressured to spend every day together. And I felt very pressured to move in together much sooner than I felt comfortable with, but like they were pushing for it. And it was like, well, I don't, I don't want to like break up. So I guess this is what I have to do. And it's like, you know, blame it on youth, blame it on, you know, inexperience in dating, but now at 30 years old and having been on the other side of a very traumatic experience, it's like, you know, oxygen mask. You have to put your oxygen mask on first and take care of yourself before you can take care of somebody else. And it's like, if I'm not nurturing my own needs, this relationship is bullshit and it's going to fail. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, that, that mindset, you know, in, in this relationship has fostered like a very healthy communicative kind of relationship. Like I was just telling her the other night, I was like, you know, I really appreciate that. Like, you say exactly what you mean and I don't really have to guess what you're it's thinking so big. or feeling. And it's just like, you're, you're such a good communicator and that's very rare. Like, you know, she doesn't there's no expect vagueness me. to your conversations. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no, there's no reading between the lines, you know, and she also like listens to me and what I'm saying. And it's like, it's awesome. Ah, uh, being heard, you know, being heard whoa <laughs> it's a thing it can happen yeah, yeah like she doesn't she doesn't just expect me to read her mind because me personally i'm not very perceptive yeah. <laughs> so i need someone to explicitly tell me what is going on inside their noggin or i'll just be like everything's great because <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm great why wouldn't you be great you know right. um so yeah it's uh it's it's very refreshing and so different from any relationship I've ever been in before that's, that's wonderful I, I like her over there and she can hear me bragging about her uh, <laughs> are you blushing in the background probably <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh I'm really glad that you have that it's, you it's a really weird thing to come out of a marriage and attempt to date I feel oh my like God, I know. I mean, y'all remember me last summer. I refer to that as my slutty summer. And it's not weird talking about it while my girlfriend is in the other room because like we both like have talked about like our slutty phases. Um, but like, you know. You slut champ girl, you get that ass. <laughs> but like a slutty summer just has a ring to it. But like, you know, last summer I was just like so just kind of like not looking for any attachment at all. And I don't know if that's healthy or not, but like coming out of a marriage and then a a very difficult season of depression, like the uh, slutty summer, if you will, just kind of like revived that spark um, in my life. And just like, you know, just like, sometimes just like going out with friends and like flirting with strangers was just like that made me feel alive (laughs) I still have it yeah I got it yeah yeah Mm. yeah 
I feel like when you're in a relationship for such a long time too, it's such a weird fucking thing to like talk to other people. And now you're like, wait, everybody communicates differently. And it's that thing which most people do not communicate clearly. So you're like trying to vibe and you're like, what are you thinking? You're never going to tell me? Cool, cool, cool. Are we good? Like you want to fuck or you're just looking at me weird? What's happening? You know, the weirdest, the weirdest time. Well, and also, I mean, lesbians are so weird because like if, if you flirt with a girl, she's automatically... I mean, I don't mean to generalize, but this was my experience. Um, like a lot, a lot of girls I would flirt with would be like, mm, like, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> me neither. Let's fuck. Literally. I'm not either. I like, I, I like, I, th- my line that I had to say so many times was like, I am not trying to lock you down. I'm trying to, you know, hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah hang out you know for all of listeners jesse did a seductive face and a wink oh and i'm sticking my tongue out yeah it's like you know (laughs) i like to kiss and if that led to other things that was kind of my hope um but um as as lesbians are um they're like kind of all or nothing Mm -hmm. sometimes and it's weird i feel like that's not even just lesbians because I mean I feel like maybe that's a Nashville thing too who knows because I Mm. feel like the 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 vibe is like oh we're out here trying to fuck but then the other vibe is very confusing when you're actually in person because then they're like I don't want a relationship I'm like me neither I thought that's (laughs) what we were doing here like you know what when when somebody amanda when somebody tells you i'm not looking for a relationship you should respond with oh my god we have so much in common (laughs) oh my god i love that (laughs) that is gonna be my new thing thank you so much and they're gonna be like ha 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 giggle giggle and we fuck thank you yeah that's That's ideal that's ideal okay so let's talk about my gayness for a second just because you're friends and i think it's fun to explore i really feel like Mm. I'm trying to figure out, I think men are just more like the, I feel bad because what, what a thing I'm objectifying them. No, objectifying men is amazing. They should be objectified. We actually had this conversation the other day. Is it okay to objectify men and get upset that they objectify us? Oh, I think that we shouldn't be objectifying anybody if, you know. Okay, it's the reason why objectifying men is fine and amazing is because they are not an oppressed demographic. Okay. Right. Well, and I think the objectifying, the word itself seems like, oh, yeah, it's not great. But if we, again, rebranding here, if we can change what we think about the things, you know. Um, Like, okay, the other day I was like, maybe this is a conversation you were talking about saying like, Oh, do you, I guess like about celebrities and like people, whatever that I'm attracted to, I'll be like, Oh, I hope that I get to fuck them one day. Oh yeah. This is what and the then conversation I'm like, was. Oh, yeah. Oh God. Like, is that bad? <laughs> is that, Oh, I think it was Miley Cyrus to be honest. I was like, Oh, I want, I paused. <laughs> I was like, I was going to say, I hope I get to fuck her one day, 
but then I changed it to like I want to meet her but then I was like but I stand by what I was thinking I do hope that I get to fuck her one day I think she's the badass bitch and like she's amazing um but then I was like oh is that like objectifying her though is that bad you know I don't think that's objectifying her it's more of just a a wish (laughs) it's a wish it's a hope and and for me I'm like my body is a gift so it's a compliment yeah. for me to fuck yeah. you. You <laughs> You're welcome. Like, listen. <laughs> Mrs. Miley Cyrus. Mrs. Miley Cyrus, I have a proposition. <laughs> this is my proposition. <laughs> this is a what proposition. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? She said I don't think the there's leg. a single thing uh, wrong with that. Have y'all have y'all been like just buying things on Amazon a lot during quarantine. Target for me. I've switched to Target pickup. Cool. Amanda? I've been unemployed, so I've been doing really good. I've been living off nothing and gotten the most badass I've ever been, I think, with my self-control and my spending. So Amazing. I need to get there. Um, Okay. (laughs) Weekend, I did spend $200 on some stuff, but that was a whole six months of no spending. Okay. Well then, um, I have noticed in myself, I'm buying a lot of stuff, but it's mostly like stuff for the hobbies or the project that I am pursuing that week. Or it's just like something for my apartment to like feel cozier because this is the place I spend all my time. Okay, but what is the weirdest, wackiest, or most interesting thing that you have bought during quarantine? I bought a butt plug nice me too oh hell yeah i've actually also bought a butt plug but that wasn't an impulse buy. well it kind of was i was in the store though what is the most interesting thing i bought hmm. i don't know mm. y'all tell me about your butt plugs i have i got one too well i have so i'm not into anal but like i want to be into anal i know this sounds like a weird thing but like i know it's supposed to be like a lot of like um endorphin releasing and relaxation and like want to do it and then also amanda told me this story that like i just want to have that kind of anal sex sorry and no but also like also if you're on ssris like literally the nerve endings in your clit and your pussy are kind of dulled but not in your butthole and when I read that I was like I'm on a lot of SSRIs I'm I was on like three. this is an untapped resource let's see what this is and so like Jess and I started doing that and I was like this feels amazing amazing okay so I got yeah. the like ones that are different sizes that go up yeah so in you size. can like level up mm-hmm. yeah yeah Level up, level up. I haven't told Billy about it because he's going to laugh at me because I do this like maybe every like year where I'm like, I'm going to get into anal sex. And then like I buy all this like stuff and then I get mad at it and throw it away. Okay. Okay. Don't get mad at it. Don't throw it in the trash. It's a me being just the way I am. For sure. Also, like you can still like have your butt incorporated in sex without like a penis in your butt because like that's that's a lot it's It's a lot 
Start with a, start with a finger, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I'm working past this fear. I'm very big on keeping my asshole clean. So like Yeah, I for sure. I have a I have like a like, like an enema bowl today. Yeah. Sure. I haven't done an enema before, but like I clean it really well. It's been and- easy. You could also do it with like a bidet. Just like kind of. Ooh, I've been thinking about getting a bidet, but anyway. I, I got a bidet like, like as soon as quarantine started because like whenever I would go to Europe, that was like an exciting little thing about the trip. I'm like, yeah, never there's going to be a bidet. Bidets are great. It's I've like, never used one either, but I want one. Here's the thing. Okay. You're not like when you're doing dishes, you don't just like take a dry paper towel and wipe off the plate and put it away. No, you <laughs> wash it. So like. Why would you not do the same thing with your beehole? Your fucking ass. That is yeah. the truest thing. And how nice during period. Can we have a bidet company sponsor us and I'll just make I mean, Tushy, Tushy sponsors a ton of podcasts, um, so I don't see why not. Absolutely. I want Tushy. I also want some sort of Diva Cup and period panties. Those are a list of sponsors. I love I using a diva cup in a while. I've never used a diva cup. Oh, it's you're great. Okay, I don't even know how it works. Growing oh, up as an only child in a religious atmosphere, you never really learned these things. I only started using it like in the past two years, and basically, it's like basically the reason it was like suggested to me was because it was like, hey, like when you're on your period, like you could still have sex like you know like the person can like still go down on you and there's not like a tampon string hanging string. out it's like it's like just a diva cup up inside you and it's like it's not messy and yeah. it's just like I was like when when I thought about it like that I was like what oh. about when you orgasm like will it like squeeze it or get like spilled inside no. of you okay. no 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 so like, unless you yeah. have the most clenched gorilla grip pussy of all time you're gonna be fine <laughs> you're gonna be fine well and it kind of like works its way up a little bit yeah so like so how do you like, get it it's out. like this you just have to okay. use your muscles a little bit yeah Stay focus so so basically like it's like this and then when you're getting it in you like kind of fold it in half like that oh. so you like shape it like I feel a like U. my gauges exactly exactly like your gauges so you like fold it in half to like put it in your vaginal canal and then like it like pops back out to seal right and then when you're ready to take it out you just like kind of pinch the like bottom like meniscus part you just like pinch it and then pull it out get like a two fingers in there and pull her out yeah it's pretty great if you haven't seen alana's um special on prime she does a whole like chunk of her stand-up telling you how to use your diva cup and that's literally why i used it because i was like i bought this six months ago and she just told me how easy it was and now i'm a badass and i use a diva cup and it's amazing it's easy you can reuse it like like you're saving so much money i bought a four pack on amazon for twelve dollars no more tampons period like the diva cup brand ones those are more expensive so I just bought like an off-brand one right like before you use it you just boil it like you would a sex toy it's uh-huh. disinfected you're good to go yep it's so easy and then you get your little baggie you just carry them around it's great I love a diva cup and 
the times I've had to use tampons since I started using the Deepika, it you are so aware of how uncomfortable the tampon is inside of you. Yes. Once yes. you realize how dry and like it feels like it's scraping when I pull it out. Also, when it's tampons full. are full of chemicals and bleach. That's it's what causes toxic so- toxic shock syndrome. Yeah. I use organic now because I watched the video of how terrible it is and how many chemicals they put inside of tampons and it freaked me the fuck out. So I yeah. buy and organic's a lot cheaper. Tell me how that's possible. Yeah. Interesting. Like huh. I yeah. buy L tampons at Target and they're like hundred percent cotton. And they are six dollars for like a forty pack. Whoa. Huh. That's wild. cheap. That's I know. cheap. Huh. And, like, I can get, like, a container of different sizes, like, right. the, and they make, like, pads and, like, different types of tampons and, like, the ones that are compact and the ones that are big. And they're so cheap compared to, like, Tampax. Huh. Yeah. I love that. Good for them. Oh, good for them. That is a good find, I feel like. Life will more educated and also more willing to try um, butt plugs during sex and diva cups oh, yeah. during periods. Hell yeah. Thank you guys. We're both. With the uh, anal. Both at the same time. With the I anal. mean, sometimes when yeah. I'm on my period, I'm like, I could go for some butt action. And that is also Absolutely. great. <laughs> it is so great. Yeah, I think that, you know, if you're sleeping on the asshole, it's not great. You, you really need to dive in there. It, it, it really does some things. It's an equal opportunity orifice. It really, really is um it's pretty everybody's got everybody's got a butt everybody's got a butt and we should get rid of it check it out even billy has a butt (gasps) i'm well aware of billy's butt (laughs) (laughs) don't you worry okay good okay good now (laughs) i don't want to ask about billy you can we can edit it out i'll ask him when he comes over if it's okay to talk about it (laughs) okay okay but you know what else feels good that is like a not a huge deal. No, oh my oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, even even just like kind of rubbing the outside, not even going in. Oh yeah, but yeah, just yeah. like the outside. Mm-hmm. That also feels nice. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Really great. Yeah. There's a whole spectrum of of butt stuff. There's not just one way. There is a spectrum. <laughs> There's no one way to butt. Mm-hmm. No one way to butt. We've got plenty of ways to butt. Um, have you licked a butthole? Uh, no, I've never um, eaten anybody out. I feel like yeah. licked but not dove in, but I'm not opposed to it. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm very conscious about like, okay, I want to be as clean as possible. So it's just like a downstairs shower. But yeah. um, also uh, having a butthole licked feels good. And also doing it is like not a big deal. Right. I've received, I've not um, really gotten, gotten the action inside of it for anyone, mm-hmm. but I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it. So yeah, I think that uh, it's like if all parties involved are like, yeah, I did a fresh little downtown shower. It's like, right. everybody's right. asshole clean and clear. Let's play. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, and if we're not grown enough to ask if our assholes are clean, then we're not grown enough to be fucking. Yep. You know? You should never You're feel ashamed to tell the other person to clean their junk before. Yeah. Be like, and, hey, just like, you know, in do a little downtown soap and wash. 
if anybody's being weird, then they're not grown enough to fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell me if you're safe in COVID. If you can't tell me if you have STDs or not. Yeah. We don't need to fuck. You ain't grown enough for me. True. Bye. And I think that's like the extreme jump for sure because I'm like coming from where we never talked about sex. Yeah. And sex is not a thing. So now I'm like, we are talking about it. Yeah. And let's play. What is there to have fun about? You know, the, the question of like, what are you into? And I'm like, I'm into whatever you're into. Let's play with it. You know, because I'm like, I'm literally am down for whatever. Certified freak. Certified freak seven days a week. No, nah, like I want you to be pleasured and I want me to be pleasured. I think that's yeah. pretty, pretty simple. And I'm here to play around like with whatever we want to play around with. And yeah. as long as we all feel safe and we can say no when we want to say no. And then that's respected. Period. That's, that's what, what else do we need? Consent is need. <laughs> For sure. Dude, like, don't you just, like, feel so free? Like, I don't know if it's, like, the, like, culture around sex positivity. Maybe it's, like, being grown up and comfortable enough to talk about it. Maybe it's a combination of it. But don't you just love being, like, in this time of, like, it's okay and encouraged and like yeah. expected to talk about this kind of stuff before yeah. like we just drunkenly just fall into bed and just have sloppy sex where nobody comes. Like nobody I, comes and everybody gets an STD. <laughs> like even the movies have changed. I feel like yeah. of, like the tone of like that. It's like we have a conversation about it. The woman's in charge is just as much as the man. It's not like a sloppy decision. It's a thought out like decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, even like, you know, a little check in in the middle of it. Like, how does that feel? Is this still good? It's just like, yeah, not being weird about talking yeah, about it. While it's we're not, talking. it's not weird. It's normal. It's sexy. And it's just like, it's so freeing yeah. to like, not have that kind of like, self consciousness about being like, you good? I'm good. And like, who doesn't talk during sex? Who like, does? Are you not gonna like acknowledge each other's presence? Like, does that feel good? Should be like a normal question, especially when you're just now dating. Like, who says yeah. you have to be quiet and not talk during sex? Yeah. <laughs> like, where did that come into being normal? I don't know. Some puritanical bullshit. <laughs> it was definitely a thing, though. You know, like you're just supposed to know what you're doing or you just and maybe that's it's like uh, if i ask then it's like i'm inexperienced and it's like yeah that's crazy i'd rather a guy ask and me not have to be like can you not versus be like because you know when like the click gets too much stimulation and they don't know what they're doing and you're just like stop it hurts but it also feels good so you don't know if you should say something but it's like starting to get too much this yeah. is yeah. not how we should what start out. What is this about? <laughs> you trying Even... to rip it off? Give it back! <laughs> Give it back! Stop hurting it! Like, the whole, the whole, like, you know, phrase, beat the pussy up, from, like, from the Whisper song, is, like, can we can we take a step back and like please respect her and give her the worship that she needs? Stop abusing her. <laughs> Literally, she needs it rough, but she also up. doesn't need it friction to hell. Yeah, she needs it rough. But after like, after yeah, like, it has to be a buildup. You can't just go for the yeah. like teaching Billy 
um like you're trying to get how to like stimulate the clit has been like a thing because like I know every girl's different and so like getting used to that and like not getting frustrated at him because like everybody's dick is different you know and so being like okay start out slow and then when I come you just stop you just like not too much and then you go again like and like having that conversation of being like just like give it a breath yeah. And then keep on going. Yeah. 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 And then like that concept and like conversation was weird to have because like yeah. we're grown up enough to have that conversation and respect each other's like desires in bed versus like, oh, he just blah 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 after I come and it's the worst and I just have to live with it. Like you don't have to live with that. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to live with bad sex. No, you can talk about it. It's okay. I know. Yeah. You can have great sex in a relationship by talking about it. So I, I don't know. Well, I used to play bass in college. No Did way! I didn't know this about you. Yeah, I was a music major, and bass was all my, my friends are musical. Friend. Well, I don't have one non-musical friend. <laughs> I'm the non-musical friend. I hope you guys are well, blessed. You're in Nashville, like that's how it goes. I know. <laughs> and I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying to be a musician as a music major. Like I like specifically study at audio engineering because I was like I love the technical part of that so much more than performance um so you know it'd be like that yeah I always forget what Bill's major is I think it's like music production or something like that or mm. is that yours Amanda no mine was commercial music yeah if Bill graduated from Trevecca and he isn't like an opera singer it's likely that it was commercial music <laughs> I think it might have been that. I can't remember what he said it was. He tells me all the time, and then I just forget. Yeah. I didn't go to a musical school like you guys did, so it's really foreign. Oh, it's fair. Don't be tricked. It wasn't very musical. That's a lie. I feel like the Nazarene Church is more musical, though. Like, Oh, more than Liberty, you mean? Yeah. Mm. I get that. Yeah, mm. I was like, I don't think that we need to. My like, friends at Liberty were more science majors. Mm. Like, I do, I do, like, in hindsight, I do wish I had, like, I mean, you know, because now I do, like, software engineering. I do wish I had taken more, like, computer science courses in college because that was so available, you know? Like, I, <laughs> instead of taking, environmental science which was a fucking waste of time and instead of taking like I think intro to acting because all of my friends were in musical theater like I could have taken some computer science courses and my parents would have paid for it instead of now as an adult I went to Nashville software school and you know went through that whole thing but you know I had I, I didn't I had no idea like what I was gonna be doing now at thirty. Yeah, that's kind of helped. Yeah, that's the wildest that. part. It's like I wish I would have done all this stuff like when I was in college, but yeah. I'm glad I'm doing it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like fucking kids. They send you know seventeen year olds to sign fucking on the dotted line to start their adult lives, two hundred thousand like, dollars in debt. Yeah, it's like here. 18 year old like you're, you're a tiny baby child <laughs> like you're barely even have your brain fully formed would you like thousands of dollars of debt and it's like yeah. 
you know, as an 18 year old, you're thinking like, if I don't choose a career that I'm going to be passionate about, my life is going to be a waste of time. And now I'm like, if I don't have a retirement fund, my life is going to be a waste of fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how it shifts. (laughs) I know, I know, for real. It's like, I need a 401k, I need health insurance, and then I need like a decent salary because my life is not my job. Like I have so many more goals and aspirations than just my job. But also I will say like, my job and the company that I work for is great. And I love the people that I work with. And I feel so much more happy in this career path than I did as an audio engineer working with toxic masculinity bullshit people. Mm. And that's yeah. the tea. And that is the tea. I'm glad you like your job. That's huge. Yeah. Um, it's It's really exciting. Like, I think the last time I talked to you was like, before one of our big shows but if you guys haven't seen it i can show i can send you some youtube links to it because it was really cool yeah yeah Yeah. well jesse i had a great time talking to you i had a great time talking to you this didn't even feel like we were doing a podcast it felt more like i was just catching up with my friends oh yeah so much life's a lot